0: All right, this week we're going to jump right in. Genesis 40. (laughs) Great story. Sometime after this, the cupbearer, the king of Egypt, and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night, they both dreamed the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled, so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. When the chief cupbearer, or excuse me, the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head and the uppermost basket. There were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you, and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker. As Joseph had interpreted to them, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. It's a great story, right? Oh my gosh, so good. Now, uh, as you know, uh, I'm not going to take the time to read chapter 41, but it's just as exciting as well. The chief cupbearer back in his position kind of just forgets about about Joseph for a couple of years until Pharaoh ends up having his own dream. And he has a couple of dreams, if you remember, a a, a dream about some seven uh, cows, right? And they're all like fat and looking good. And then seven like really skinny cows come up and they eat the, the fat cows. And then he has a second dream about seven you know, heads of grain that are all nice and fat and ready to go, and then another seven heads that are all just scorched and by the east wind and just, you know, just horrible looking, yet those eat the good grain, right? And he's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What is this dream? And the cupbearer finally remembers. Oh yeah, hey, there was this guy in prison, he interpreted my dream, and it worked out, right? So anyway, so he gets to come up, and Pharaoh, uh, or excuse me, then Joseph is in Pharaoh's presence, is able to interpret the dream and predict the reality of famine that is coming that God is predicting seven years of good time and and abundance and then seven years of famine and Joseph suggests to the Pharaoh that the way to handle this is to begin to take uh, a portion of the crops over the seven years and put them away in barns and store them up so that they will have something left in the seven years of famine of course we know what does Pharaoh do he says hey who can I find more wise than this guy and he puts him in charge and so he's second in command Pharaoh goes from or excuse Joseph goes from in prison, like, you know, falsely accused in this horrible, in the pit, as he says, to second in command in all of Egypt, right? rags to riches story right right we love these kind of stories this is amazing right this is like awesome how many movies have we watched right where there's some guy who's living on the street or whatever and he can't you know make it you know hard to make ends meet you know from each day he's just starving to death and all of a sudden something happens and somehow he's able to figure it out and get back and then he's you know becomes you know this guy that's just amazing has billions of dollars whatever right this rags to riches story this is the original story right here did you guys know that This is where all that comes from, right? (laughs) This is Joseph, right? It started here. They're just copying scripture every time you see a movie like that. But it's not just in Hollywood, right? The reality is we've seen this in real life sometimes. And this is a real life story, but we've also seen it maybe in our life. Maybe we're the rags to riches kind of guy person, you know, that that God has somehow brought out of the pit into glory in some way, right? Uh, Or maybe it's somebody we know or somebody a story we've heard about somebody else that maybe we don't Know, but we've heard about. This is a reality that uh, this is the, you know, the story, this amazing reality of God's goodness and blessing. But there's also something in this story that is actually pretty troubling. And we kind of just overlook it, I think, oftentimes. Uh, we just love to, you know, it's like, uh, it's almost like it becomes just like this, uh, uh, this myth, like this is not a real thing happening, right? We tell this story of Joseph, and, 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 we, and we, you know, kind of glamorize, we like it, it's a fun story to tell, but we, look, we overlook one key part of the story that, that if you really think about it, it's like, wait a second, what's going on here? And that's that God spoke in a dream. Now, I mean, for most of us, I think here, we, we get that God speaks. I, I think we can embrace that reality that God is a God who communicates. And we're going to flesh that out a little bit more fully today. But to start here with the, a dream, but wait, wait, wait a second, does God speak in dreams? I don't know about you. I mean, I don't remember very many of my, many of my dreams. I remember some of my wife's dreams, though. And oh my gosh, like, If that's God speaking, oh, wow, what is that all about? Like, it's just crazy, right? I mean, some of the dreams we have are just like chaotic and crazy. I actually literally, I I don't generally remember my dreams. I might remember them briefly in the morning when I wake up, but then it's usually gone. There is, but there is one dream that I'm going to tell you about. I remember this dream. And it's crazy that I remember it, but it has stuck with me. I had this when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old. And I still remember this dream. And the dream was about my sister, you know. I've talked about my sister before as the evil one. And and this story maybe kind of will explain a little bit more about that. But anyway, so I'm in this dream, right? And I'm, I'm sitting in my house Next to my sister, we're sitting in a couple chairs, and we're in the back of the house, uh, you know, the sliding glass door, right? We're, We're sitting there in the sliding glass door looking out to our backyard. We got a fairly large backyard, not huge, but fairly large, and then back at the end of our property, there's this gravel road and then a bunch of other houses on the other side. So we're sitting there, just, I don't know why, but sitting there looking out our backyard. All of a sudden, this tractor like goes rolling down this gravel road. And then it turns into our yard, and there's a little up, you know, it kind of goes up over the track. Well, and then I see that in the tractor, driving the tractor, is this like monster-like thing. Like I, I can't even describe it, just like this weird like, oh my gosh, what is that? And so now my sister and I sit down at the door, and go, oh my gosh, like there's this crazy monster type thing, you know, driving his tractor into our yard and onto the, uh, what's going on, right? And he just kind of weaves back and forth on our yard, and we just kind of keep sitting there and looking at him. Eventually, he pulls up right next to the door, and we're kind of just, we just stay there. I mean, I think maybe just shocked by the fact of what we're seeing, and then all of a sudden, okay, the monster crashes his hand through our glass door, just and he grabs my sister's arm, and I scream like, "Oh!" And then he rips my sister's—this is a gory, I'm sorry—he rips my sister's arm off, and like, "Oh my gosh!" But here's the scariest part of the whole dream, and this is when it ends. I see that instead of like bones and vines or veins and stuff hanging and blood spurting out of my sister's arm it's all like wires. She's like a robot. She's like, you know, it's like not a real, it's like this bionic arm or whatever. And I ah! And I wake up, I'm so freaked out by this dream. I run into my parents room and I'm like, mom, I got to tell you this horrible dream, right? But isn't this crazy, right? Crazy dream. Like, okay, is God saying something in that? Uh, how does God speak to us in dreams? But there's this reality and it's an uncomfortable, I think, reality. You know, we read a story like this, and and throughout Genesis, we see God speak in different dreams. And we kind of go, oh, yeah, like it just happens in the Bible. But then when it comes to our own like reality, like what what does that mean that God speaks in dreams? Like have we really just thought and, and taken some time to think through that reality? How can God use something that is so random? so like, you know, intangible, like it just, you can't never predict where a dream's going, yet God can speak through a dream. How can he do that? But I think the bigger question is not just how can God speak in a dream, but how can God speak at all? You know, For those of us maybe who are comfortable with this reality that we've just been singing about, that God is a God who speaks, that his spirit is here and he leads us and guides us and communicates with us in all different ways, we can kind of maybe just kind of look over this for a minute, but I think it's good for us to stop thinking about the the voice of God, thinking about the fact that he speaks, that we stop and think about the miracle that it is that he actually does speak. This God Almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing—that He speaks to us, human beings, the created, right? That this God who is beyond us, that He has no body, right? He has—he's not—he's not not bound by time. He's not bound by space. That He—that this God, this entity, this great being can actually and does actually speak to us. He communicates with us that He's a God who desires intimate relationship. And in order to foster that intimate relationship, He communicates, He talks to us personally. I think this is an amazing reality that we have a God who somehow chooses to and can speak to us, that he has created us even with the ability to hear him, to be able to know that he's speaking. So the question I think that I want to first ask is, what does God's voice sound like? Again, I, I think most of us here probably accept that God speaks, but how does he speak? What does that look like? First of all, I think, you know, it's clear, right? God's word you know, and we see, you know, I, I think Genesis has, uh, you know, we have, have, has all of these varieties that I'm going to talk about. I, I think about, you know, the angels that show up and speak to Abraham, right? Like even Jacob in that wrestling match, right? God sometimes speaks. He speaks to us today through his word, right? The, the revealed word of God, he speaks to us through it. But in Genesis, we see this in, in very uh, upfront, you know, in your face, kind of like audible voice kind of speaking, right? God shows up to Abraham and speaks to him, right? Shares these realities, has a conversation with him. But God does that to us as well through his word. You know, when we crack open the Bible, it's, as Christians who have the Holy Spirit within us, it's an opportunity for God to speak to our hearts. Indeed, I, every Sunday, every, uh, every podcast that you listen to, uh, every Sunday sermon that you listen to. Uh, it is, in essence, God speaking to whoever's sharing the message and, and, and then revealing what God has spoken to the, to the rest. So each message that I give, it's like as I prepare each week, God speaks to me and says, here's the thing you need to focus on. Here's the thing I want you to, uh, to highlight. Here's the thing that I want to say to Trinity Alliance Church this morning. But we see this reality in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, right? The Word of God is breathed by God. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness, right? We have this, this reality that even Scripture says about itself, yes, this is the Word of God to you. But more than that, God also speaks, I think, through the created order of things. We see even in Joseph in the story today with Joseph in chapter 41, where did he come up with the idea to, to put away some of you know, the years of abundance so that they would have enough, right? I mean, th- this, is, this is due to God's creative order of things. The whole book of Proverbs Right, is all talking about how things are, observing God's voice, God's will, God's direction through the way creation is, the way things are ordered. Uh, We see Romans 1, right, that, that none of us are without excuse because God's eternal qualities, His character, is revealed in His creation. And so we can hear and God can speak to us just through logic. And, and through the order of things, uh, uh, being someone who is uh, uh, focused or, or is really concerned with understanding wisdom and the way things operate in systems, that is not, you know, oftentimes we think that that's non-spiritual. Like, you know, the most spiritual way to preach a message is not to prepare at all. It's just to show up on Sunday morning and say, okay, Holy Spirit, speak. Well, no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is just as involved in the guy that is forced to show up on a Sunday morning and preach from whatever God gives him in the moment and just as much in the guy who's prepared all week, 20 hours or 24 hours or 30 hours or or 5 hours, whatever it is, that's just as spirit-led as well. Because God is a God who communicates through the order of things and through wisdom of this world and through the the way he's created the system. more than that, God, I think, also speaks in the midst of circumstances. We see even with, uh, in the book again of Genesis, the search for the wife for Isaac, right? I, you know, there's the Rebecca search. You know, he, he shows up and just says, Lord, may the woman who shows up and gets water but then also offers me water and to offers to water my camels. May she be the one. So he prays this prayer, like just kind of the circumstance, like this is the prayer, Lord, that I want to happen. And then right after that prayer, who walks up? Rebecca. What does she do? She gets water for him, for his camels. Boom, like circumstances. God spoke to him, and I think in the, in the prayer at first, and then God spoke again in the circumstances. God speaks in the circumstances of our life. There are, in essence, no coincidences. We can't just hang things up. Well, wow, that was weird, or that was lucky. Oh wow! Wait a second. Really? Just a uh, happenstance? I mean, that is—that's a you know—that's a—that's a scientific, uh, a worldly scientific perspective, right? Luck. Like, you know, it just happened that, you know, the, the, the right conditions were, the conditions were right for life to just all of a sudden just randomly start, right? You know, and then it just grew and became single cells to double sore cells and, and grow into, you know, these things and creatures and amoebas or whatever, right? No, 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 this is not luck. We have a God who created this place orderly. And so, the, and it's not just creation in general, but it's also the circumstances of our life. I'm amazed sometimes, and I'm sure you are, by how things sometimes just work out and the timing. Like, we should never ignore what's going on in our world and what's going on in our life and the the circumstances that come, the things that happen. Sometimes this can be hard, but I think God also speaks through other people. In conversations that we have with him, In books that we read that have been written, again, in preaching, God can speak through other people. He can speak through someone who comes up and says, hey, I have a word from the Lord for you. Now, some of us, that's a challenge. We have a hard time with that. And I've heard some people that come up and said, hey, I have a word for the Lord from you. I'm like, "Uh," after they say it, I'm like, oh, I don't think that's from God. But right. I mean, there's a reality. We'll get to talk about that a little bit as well. But so there's this there's this thing that we got to recognize that God can speak through other people. But oftentimes I think, you know, we struggle with this because we're always looking at the package instead of the message. Or we're looking at how the message was communicated instead of the message itself. I've shared this story before. I took a group of kids to Life Conference in St. Louis and walking down the street and a drunk homeless man started prophesying over one of my kids. And at first I was like, wait a second, no, 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 stop. And then, like, the Holy Spirit said, you stop. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I listened, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Do we reject the package? Wait a second. He's a drunk guy. Can- he can't speak God's word. He's a homeless guy. He can't speak God. It's not. can't be from God. Why? Why not? Donkey? You ever heard of a donkey story? <clears throat> so God can speak... We see in Genesis as well, God spoke through Abimelech, right? To Abraham, right? When Abraham, you know, was again trying to sell his wife off as his sister. And Abimelech said, what are you doing, man? And God speaks to Abimelech, and then God, and then Abimelech gives the word to a- Abraham. That was his enemy. Again, he was a pagan. Are we willing to hear the word of God from a pagan? Somebody who doesn't know Jesus? I remember when I was uh, in my first church. I had a, had a gentleman who sent me a, a letter uh, that was the worst thing. I mean, it was the meanest letter I've ever received in my life. And it, from then, and it, well, actually I've, I've received other mean letters. But anyway, uh, that one was really bad. And I was like, uh, at first I was like, what is this? This is horrible. This is evil. I just wanted to burn it. And again, the Holy Spirit said, wait, stop. Ignore who the person is. Ignore the packaging with all the ugly in it. And read the message. And God spoke to me through that letter. Later on, I thanked the guy. I said, thank you for being God's voice to me. Like God used you, whether you realized it or not, or whether you meant good or not. I said, God used it. We talked about already, but dreams and visions. Again, throughout Genesis, we see God speak through dreams. Abraham and Jacob and Joseph all have dreams that God speaks to them through. Now again, we can really easily, like want to just throw this out, like we just want to ignore this, like no, 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 that can't be, he can't speak through dreams, but the reality is that he does, dreams and visions over and over again, now God has never spoke to me through my dream life, right, I have never received that, however, I know others who have, they have heard God speak, now the, the, the concern here obviously is that not every dream that we have is God's voice, just like every conversation we have is not God's voice. Right? Just like every sermon we hear is not necessarily God's voice. Right? We we have to be discerning in that, and we'll get to discernment in a minute. But so when we're if we're the one dreaming the dreams, we need to be careful just to you know not give every you know God credit for every single dream we have or try to spend our whole life trying to interpret what this particular dream maybe it means nothing. And and the people that I've talked to have had dreams. That God has spoken to them in, they know that this dream is different. Even in this story, like I'm sure these guys, the cupbearer and the baker, they had to have had other dreams, right? Pharaoh had to have other dreams. So why do these stand out, right? I think there's a reason because God was speaking. I think dreams where God is communicating truth, they show up differently in the way we receive them, right? I mean, the, the dream is still a dream, but we wake up and we go, oh my gosh, this is something more than just a dream. The last one here that I'll mention is, uh, I think this is, this is a really hard one for a lot of people. But I do think it's, I think a lot of people live this way. But the other way that God, I think, can speak is through our internal thoughts and personal writings. Um, and I think we see this even with uh, throughout Genesis as well. Like whenever there's not like, either mentioned that this God spoke in a dream or God spoke through an angel. I don't think, you know, like Abraham's call in Genesis chapter 12, I don't think there was like a bright shining light. Okay. I don't think there was an audible voice that God said, Hey, leave your family, leave your, your, your land and come to the place I'm calling you. Follow me. Right. I don't think that was, there was not an audible voice that was saying that. I think God was speaking, likely, into his mind. Now, maybe it was an audible voice, but I think there's a bunch of this where we, when it's not identified, we shouldn't just assume that, oh, well, God just like, you know, he, like, spoke with a loud voice, like you know, just kind of out of the heavens. Oh, oh, oh I think that's God. You know, it, I think he speaks to our minds. He can speak and lead our thoughts. He can direct uh, you know, us through the things that we are thinking about. Now, sometimes this can be, you know, pretty obvious. Like when we think about things that we would have never otherwise thought about, like that's pretty clear oftentimes if you've experienced that. There's other times where it's not as evident, where it just seems like, okay, this is just kind of a normal thing that I'm doing or this is a logical, uh, 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 you know, progression in my mind. But God can speak through that as well. And I think, you know, a new thing that I've been discovering as well that as the Lord has led me into writing more, As I've written, I find oftentimes sometimes I just need to start writing. Once I start writing, all of a sudden there's like I feel like this download that begins to happen, and I begin to write things that are not from me, but they're from the Holy Spirit speaking. And matter of fact, First Peter, uh, Second Peter, excuse me, one twenty one. uh, We actually have this. Let's read this. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. All of Scripture was written not by God, but by human beings. How did they write that? Did God come down, did the Holy Spirit come down and take over their body and control them and then write the words he wanted? No. No. God spoke to them through their minds and through their hands as they wrote out the words that God gave them to write. And he continues to do that today. He continues to speak to our minds and lead us that way. Give us thoughts to think. Now again, every thought we think (laughs) is not necessarily God, right? So we need to be careful with that. And we got to be, and we need to discern. So, which will lead us to the, the next point here in a minute. Uh, but two cautions I want to give at this point, um, in regards to hearing the voice of God. First, a caution to the mind folks, to the folks who are more intellectual and struggle with the more, uh, I guess, supernatural or more personal ways that God communicates. So they struggle with you know God speaking to our minds and, and, and through writings or through dreams. So it, the mind folks that are in here that struggle with those types of expression of God's voice, uh, I want to encourage you, don't reject God's ability to speak to you personally or to others. Allow for the mystery. The reality is we don't fully understand God. And because we don't fully understand him, we need to allow him to act in ways that we logically don't understand. Don't also, mind folks, don't assume every thought is your own. This is the other side. It's one, you know, that one side is to think that every thought is God's. Okay, well, that can get pretty ugly and and nasty because we don't have always really good thoughts. But on the other side, to think that every thought is my own means that I'm the great and wise and important person who comes up with all these amazing ideas that I have Right, The pride that comes from that to think that I'm the guy that's invented all this amazing stuff because I just know everything I've come to know. I'm such a great, whatever. Like We've got to be careful with that. Also, another caution, don't belittle or disrespect those who do hear God personally. It can often be, and I, I have this temptation as well, when someone comes up, hey, I feel like the Lord has given me something to share with you. I immediately can go, uh, okay, this is going to be great. And we kind of, in our minds, just close down. We need to, as mind people, as intellectuals, we need to be careful to resist that temptation. Ultimately, what we need is humility. We need to be humble about God, you know, being able to do things that we don't understand or, or, or can't can't fathom, I guess. But there's also a caution here for the heart folks, those who love the inner, the personal connections and like God's always speaking through our minds and dreams and all these kind of things. There's a caution here for you as well. Don't think, first of all, every thought or every emotion again is from God. We have, you know, a a sinful nature and sin can just, you know, pop up all the time and be causing all kinds of crazy thoughts. And we need to be careful with that. And so we need to allow God to not be speaking every time we're thinking. Or we're writing. We also need, I, I caution us also, heart folks, to not reject logic and demand that God speak personally. Too often I've seen heart people that just ignore the logic in the wisdom of this world. Oh, it doesn't matter what that says. God says, go this way. And so I'm going to go, right? No, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Don't just, I mean, now sometimes God does tell us to do something outside of logic, but we should be really careful before we do that. We better make sure that he's affirmed that word to us. Make sure that we understand clearly what we're walking into. So we need to be careful, heart people, to not reject the logic in the created order of things. And then finally, as well, ca- caution to heart folks, don't misuse God's word assuming that truth is dependent upon your feelings there are too many heart folks in this world who believe that god speaks through his word but he only speaks based on what they think it says we've gotten really loose sometimes with scripture And we do this, uh, you know, in our sometimes Sunday classes, Bible studies. Hey, let's get together and talk about what we think this particular paragraph or this chapter means. Ah, boy, we need to be really careful. How does this chapter make you feel? Ah, boy, we need to be really careful with that. Assuming that because I have a certain feeling, that's what the passage means. There is truth in this, but it's truth in the original writers and what they meant when they wrote it. It wasn't written for you, right? It wasn't written to you. It was written for you, right? All right. Ultimately, both heart and mind folks need humility. All right. Oh, man, we got to fly. All right. So discerning God's voice, knowing, uh, first of all, we need to, uh, I think discernment comes down to knowing Jesus. You know, if we really want to discern whether God is speaking or not, we need to know him. We need to develop a relationship with him. This is the reality that when we first come to Christ, right, we don't know him that well. We know enough of him to know that he's my savior, but we don't really know his character fully. We don't understand all of that, right? And so when we first come to Christ, we should expect that we're not going to be able to discern his voice very well. It's not that God isn't speaking, it's just that we won't be sure as sure, like, is that really him or not, right? Because the only the, the best discernment tool we have is the intimate relationship that we can have with him. And how do we develop that intimate relationship? Through his word, where he reveals to us who he is, his character, all that kind of stuff, but also through church, through hanging around other Christians who know him and have known him for longer than we have, and then also through our own intimate prayer time with him, spending time talking to him and listening to him. So we need to know Jesus. If we want to discern whether his voice is real or not or what he's saying or whether he's he's speaking or not speaking. The longer we're together with him, the more experience we've had with him, the better our discernment will be. And a matter of fact, over time, it will be less about discernment and more about just living it out because over time, as we spend time with Jesus, if we continue to seek him and live with him and journey with him and be in intimate relationship with him, our thinking and our speaking and our acting start to become naturally in line with the will of God. So if we want discernment, seek Jesus, seek intimacy with him, get to know him. As you get to know him, you get to know yourself, get to know the voice of the Lord. But we can also use discernment tools like of obviously scripture. It must align with the truth of scripture. Okay, God is not going to contradict himself. If he says in scripture that this is the way it is, then he's not going to change that unfortunately we see this happening even within the church as progressive theologians begin to tinker with scripture tinker with the character of god and begin to think oh well you know the way i experience god is different than what i see in scripture so my experience now trumps scripture and so i can have now a contradictory view about who god is uh, that that is than what scripture teaches but if we really want to know if it's god's voice or not the first thing we need to check is does it align with scripture if it does That's probably God's voice. If it doesn't, that's definitely not God's voice. Second, does it align with God's character and heart? Again, I think in our current situations today, it seems like there's a lot of us who uh, have this perspective that God is saying that the church needs to rise up and destroy. I'm sorry, that is not in the character of God. Jesus did not rise up to destroy or condemn. He rose up to save. And the church's role today is to rise up and save the lost. So we need to understand when we hear from the voice of God that is it going to align with his character and his heart? If it does, we can assume that this is likely God's voice speaking to us. If it doesn't, then we should reject it. A couple other notes on this. First of all, God is not a God of confusion. If you are confused about what God is saying then you need to sit and wait. Don't just jump on one or the other. Just don't just pick and shoot, you know, go. I'll pick this one. That's No, if you are confused, then God hasn't spoken. We may misunderstand. What? You want me to do that? That makes no sense. I don't want to be a lead pastor. That's crazy. Oh, man, you know what those guys have to do? anyway so right i mean we may misunderstand but we won't be confused another note god does not direct our every decision i think we need to be careful with that i've, I've sat with many young people that have just racked their brains over I don't know what to do, what school to go to, what what direction to go, to, what career to go into, what you know, where where's God me? We rack over our brain, you know, ah God hasn't spoken, he hasn't spoken, he hasn't spoken in the time I have to make this decision, He hasn't spoken, He has to give me a clear Relax. Like, you know what? God may just like not really care which way you go. He's giving you the freedom to choose. I experienced this in, in my life with uh, YWAM, like speaking at YWAM camps and, and at DTSs. Like I always go, when I get asked to do that, I ask, so go, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And over and over again, he's, most of the time, he always is I, he's silent, he doesn't say anything. And so if he's silent, I feel like I'm free. I can like, okay, does this work in my schedule? Do I feel like this is good? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Or, mm, nah, this is kind of crazy, I'm not gonna do it. But one time, there was one time when I asked him that question and the week before I needed to let them know if I was coming or not, God, like, made it really clear. I want you there. Now, why? Like, I don't know. I don't know why. I got there and I kind of found out why. I won't go into that story. But anyway, so, you know, sometimes he will give you clear direction. And when he's got a direction for you, he'll make sure you know. But if he doesn't make it clear and it's time to make a decision, it's okay to kind of go, all right. I can make a decision on my own. All right, finally. Uh, Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's go we're good we're good this is we're just landing the plane now how do we respond and and i think this is obvious i I don't again I'm, i'm preaching to the choir here but you know when god speaks what do we do we listen right we need to be open to god speaking however he decides to speak to us and then when he speaks we follow right we do what he calls us to to go or to stay to speak or to be quiet right we follow God. That's the call. When he speaks, when he reveals his will, when he encourages us, when he gives us words, we need to listen to those. Accept them. Receive them. Trust them. Try to live them out. Now, again, one final note. Worship me. Actually, you can come up while I go over this. I think we need to also be humble. And I think probably the heart people are a little more in this category, but I think it can be both. I think we need to be humble in how we communicate God's word to us. You know, we see in Joseph, like when he was a kid, right, he has these dreams, right? And he like just starts blabbering them to his brothers and his family and everybody, right? Right. And it gets him in trouble, right? Like, this is why he ends up in slavery, right? Because, you know, he just wouldn't shut up about it, right? And and I think it's instructive that later on, I think we see him a little bit more cautious with this. Because I I think reality, like, God gave him those dreams for sure when he was a kid, but I don't think God wanted him to share them with people. And I think sometimes we can think that just because we've heard God's voice that we we need to speak it out to other people. Especially when we feel like God has given us a word for someone else. And God does that. But I think we need to be careful with that. I I, I think we we really need to, you know, sometimes God will give us perspectives about somebody else, but it's not for their benefit, it's for ours. To help us to maybe have more empathy for them. To help us have a better understanding of what they're going through. And so... To hear God's voice, especially about someone else, is one thing. But I think it's also another thing for God to tell us, to tell them what he's told us. And I think too quickly, we too quickly jump out to think, oh, I got this word for this person, so I got to go give it to them, or I got to text to them right now. Sometimes that's true, but I, I think we need to be careful with that. And also I think we need to be careful with demanding that they receive it as God's word. Um, We have to trust that God is speaking to them as well. And so when God gives us a word for someone else, if he tells us to share it, we share with humility saying, hey, I feel like God kind of wants to say this to you. And so receive it, but give it with open hands and not like, like there's no pressure like, oh, this is God's word for you. No, 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 no. This is, hey, I just felt like this is what God was saying. I just want to encourage you with this. Uh, is take it to the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to affirm whether this is really from him or not. You know, he knows you better than I do. This is just something that can, you know. So I think we need some humility in not only just hearing God's voice, but how do we share that. Whether it's a voice for us, like a direction that God's leading us individually, or whether it's for someone else. Make sense? All right. All right, this is good. All right, God speaks, Amen. Um, may He continue to speak. Maybe He's even spoken in this message through me. If He do, He does that occasionally, it's amazing. Um, broken vessels. Talk about a homeless guy on the drunk homeless guy on the on the corner. Um, but anyway, let's uh, continue uh, to worship together. Would you stand with me, and we'll sing a couple songs, and then I'll come up with a closing passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for that you are a God who speaks to your people, Lord. You've done that throughout history, and you continue to do so. And, Lord, I pray that even now, Lord, that you would uh, uh, you would speak to us, Lord, encourage us this morning. Lord, give us words from you for our hearts, but, Lord, I pray that you'd also give us encouraging words for others, Lord, that and, and that you would give us the courage to step out with humility and share when you tell us to share, that we wouldn't hold those in when you tell us to step out. Uh, But, Lord, also that those of us who hear when someone else shares, that we would be open to it. Lord, we'd be humble enough to say, okay, maybe this is from you, Lord. And that you would affirm those things that are indeed from you and that you would speak and change and challenge us. Lord, that you would comfort us and encourage us, that you love us, that you'd be there for us in all those ways. Lord, we thank you that we can walk through this world knowing that you are with us and that you are speaking and that you will continue to speak as Peter states in acts chapter 2 but this is what was uttered through the prophet joel and in the last days it shall be god declares that i will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, if you'd like prayer this morning, or if you're trying to discern the voice of the Lord, and you'd like to share that with some brothers and sisters in Christ, please come forward.